Good morning, all. Coffee is one of the greatest things known to mankind. Those dreadful, dreadful things to your mouth, though. So I thought rather than have the microphone melt away from my face, I would steal one of bronze mints. So here we are, gloomy, rainy morning that it is. Kind of nice, I don't know. I was in my office this morning just sitting in the cozy light of the lamp in my chair, reading the word, coffee by my side, it's raining outside. I was like, why do I have to actually leave? Why can't I just stay here? But, but I'm glad to be here. You know, David said I was glad when they said, you know, let's go to the house of the Lord. So, I know it's uh, it's not always easy to get up and get out there and get to church and all that stuff, but... Uh, I was talking to somebody once, and they were like, oh, I don't know, I was thinking I might go to church tomorrow, I don't know, I just, eh. and I said, well, you know, uh, I've, I've not gone to church before, and really wished I had been there. I've never gone to church and thought, well, that was a waste of time, like I wish I would have just stayed home, so, uh, by golly, they were there the next day. But uh, it's like, see, I told you. So, so Jesus, we we thank you for uh, this place, meeting with us and speaking to us. God, the things that you're doing in our lives, God, we uh, appreciate it. You know, the the things that you have done for us, God, uh, thank you. Seems so uh, inadequate in the, the face of all you've done, God, in your uh, your sacrifice on Calvary, God, and and not just that day. God, but and not even just at Gethsemane, God, but every day, God, you took up your cross. You denied yourself the life that you would have liked to have lived, and and lived that life that you saw in the Word of God. And Lord, I just pray that you would bring us each into that place of of surrender, God, trading uh, our dreams for your dreams, God, trading our desires for your desires, our lives for your life, and God, because you own us, Lord, and and we want to. Uh, Give to you that which which you have, uh, you have purchased, Lord Jesus. God, we just pray that today, God, you would do exactly what you want to do in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You ever buy something like a tool or some sort of gadget, and it actually works like it's supposed to, and and it's just like, yes, I love this. I didn't know that they made anything like this. And, because most of the time you get some nifty gadget and they advertise that it does this and that and the other thing and it doesn't quite so much. I mean, it kind of does, sort of. You know, um, especially you know if you are you know are in some sort of skilled trade, you know you recognize the value of a tool that actually works like it should. I don't know. I go into the Sherwin Williams and I see all the uh, do-it-yourselfer tools that they sell and I just cringe. Like it's a great idea, but it won't work. At least it won't work good enough, you know. But uh, at least not for my standards. But um, you know, I, I think you know we all want to be that gadget that God bought that actually works like it's supposed to, you know, and and does does what He bought it to do. And 
Uh, and I think that's a precious thing, you know, because we were talking about uh, surrender the other night here at church. And, and, uh, and it takes that because He does own us. But He's not going to make you do something you don't want to do. But He knows how to get you where you want to. And so He's a, he's a very wise God, a very wise Father like that. Um, so there's nothing quite like having a tool that doesn't work quite like it should. Because then you find yourself tweaking it, and you know, I, Mike and I are not carpenters, and we have this saw that, you know, it's all it's lightweight. It was inexpensive and all this stuff, and I suppose it's good if you need to cut something a couple times a year, um, but you better not need to cut it straight because it's not heavy enough to go straight. It kind of meanders through the wood. Um, but but if you get one that is made for that purpose, it's so much easier. Uh, I bought something recently that I was using at work. I, thought, uh, I hadn't replaced them in years, and I bought this new uh, little master that puts the paper and the tape on at the same time. And it just works so smooth. And I thought, man, I should have done that a long time ago. But uh, but you know we can we can be like those those tools that work the way they should um, when we when we cooperate with God and we ask him you know what is it that you you want from me and 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 when we we take seriously the opportunity that we have to look at his word and see what's there and do it you know he he said in Deuteronomy this isn't far from you this isn't something that you need somebody to go across the ocean or over the mountains to find for you and bring back to you. It's right here with you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. And so, um, as they say, it's not rocket science. It's it's right there in black and white. Go with me to Titus chapter 3. One of those names that's kind of cool. You'd sort of like to name your kid that, but you're just not that gutsy, right? It's like, it's like who do they think they are naming their kid Titus? I don't know. I, I, there are some children in the, that I, I'm related to vaguely with some names that I thought, what were you thinking? I knew a little child named Kaiser, and I thought, Really? Like the German dictator Kaiser, or like, like a piece of bread? What? I don't know. I suppose there's no counting for taste. I, I heard somebody the other day trying to. They were spelling their kid's name for someone, and it was a perfectly everyday, common name, but they spelled it all funny, and so they had to spell it like three times for this lady to write it down. And I never wanted to be that guy. And I never wanted my kids to be that kid. Like, my name was nice and straightforward. I mean, there was nobody else at my school with that name, but that was convenient too. So I thought, you know, I don't want my kids spelling their name for the rest of their life every time they say it. I had a friend that had a really unusual last name, and he never even paused. He would just say it and spell it for, for people. And uh, he, I mean, he got really good at it. You had to be listening to pay attention to the letters because they went through them pretty fast. That's all free. That's not what I was going to talk about. So Titus three, and I'll start in verse one. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, 
to obey magistrates and to be ready to every good work. So, so Paul is talking to Titus here. He uh, left him on the island of Crete. He starts out saying to uh, uh, settle this island uh, for the kingdom of God. And uh, how far we have drifted, how far I have drifted from that kind of idea of, okay, there's, there's me and this island. It's like we got me and God versus the island. And we can do this. You know, maybe that's why the military takes really young guys because they can teach them. It's like, you know, you take this beach and they're thinking, I got to kill or be killed. And, you know, you get to be my age and it's like, I don't think one guy can take the beach. So you, so you need someone young and exuberant. So it's, it's no wonder God talks about not wasting your youth. And, and isn't our society teaching our youth to waste their youth on pointless garbage? I mean, I, we, we talked about that a lot at my house yesterday. I had a little Bible study with the kids about setting your affection on things above and and not on things of the earth and, and how, you know, it's like it's easy to get your affection on those everyday things, but you, you know, your your time is so much more valuable than anything else you have and you can't retrieve it. Cynthia and I have these hideous chairs that are so comfortable I cannot bear to get rid of them. And uh, I've been trying to find some slip covers for them. I finally found some that I thought would work, and I ordered them, and they showed up, and it looked like somebody just sort of threw a blanket at it. And I thought, okay, so that's not going to work. But I can take them back, and I can get my money back. I can't get the time back that I spent looking for them and, and the time that I'm going to have to spend taking them back and all that. That stuff is irretrievable because time is like that. You, you, can't, you can't just get it back. So, uh, uh, so you know, our, our time is, is a very valuable thing. And, and any relationship takes time and, and it takes uh, a give and take on, on both ends. And so... Um, so it's an interesting thing because because God is is very patient with us. There's that give, and of course He gives you everything. But but what He wants is for you to not just take; He wants you to give back to Him as well. So so here He is uh, talking to Titus, this young man that He's He's uh, left here at Crete to uh, uh, to bring these, these people in and to establish uh, churches and things. And, he, and so, so that's the them that he's talking about. And he says, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates and be ready to every good work, and to, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers but gentle, showing meekness to all men, for we ourselves were sometimes foolish, excuse me, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. That sounds like America. But you know, it's an easy thing to be in this place and to be on the inside looking out and, and, and think, geez, why is everybody so dumb? Like, I can't believe this. You know, it's hard not to go to Lawrence and just be like, what is the matter with all you people? You know, but... Uh, 
but Paul's very wise here to remind Titus. He's like, you're really no different than these people other than God lives inside of you and He's, and he's changed you. But you came from the same place that they came from. And so I think that's a very important thing for us to remember because uh, he tells them to, to be gentle and to show meekness to all men. You know, I uh, I used to go to Target all the time because my bank has a thing at Target and uh, the people in there were really nice that worked at the bank. and uh, It was convenient for me, typically, like the location was good. And then I heard about how they decided that regardless of any kind of law that they were going to have the whichever bathroom you are in the mood for kind of thing uh that's going to be that that's that's the rule at target and so i thought well maybe i'll just not go to target anymore and uh uh the other day i was going through there and uh through lawrence on my way home and i needed to stop at the bank and it was way out of the way to go to any of the other ones so I found myself in Target, and I just, I don't know, I, I was just on edge the whole time I was there, and I was thinking, I'm, I'm not coming back here. I will go out of my way next time. You know, but, uh, and as as uh, odious as that is, that, that they're, they're doing those kinds of things, it, it's, it's important to recall that we're, we're no better than them, that we're not in, we didn't come from some better stock than that we just we have had the mercy of god come and find us and pick us up and change us and make us into something different i mean uh probably would be very profitable but we could all spend all day long talking about well here's where i came from and and uh you know we we all we all recognize we can all look back at ourselves and we've some of us have been around we know each other we know where we came from and so it's a it's a great thing to know that that God is a God that finds you and He changes you. But it's interesting because He says to to um, be subject to the principalities and powers, to obey the magistrates, be ready to every good work. Obey the magistrates, obey the law. What? You know, I mean, obviously, that is insofar as you ought to obey God rather than men. But like, so you mean when when it says speed limit seventy, it's not a suggestion? Oh, I just thought it was kind of a guideline. I didn't realize it was actually a law. Try, try telling that to a policeman if he pulls you over. See what happens. But, uh, uh, but it, but it, it, you know, we are that opportunity for the world to see Christ. And and if we just take, take the, you know, just the everyday civil law uh, things like that, and just treat it like it's nothing. Then it, uh, it it's really a harmful thing for uh, people being able to see God in you because it's like really well Christians don't obey the law why should I you know so it's an interesting thing so he says speak evil of no man be no brawlers but be gentle showing all meekness to all men for we ourselves also are sometimes foolish disobedient deceived serving diverse lusts and pleasures living in malice and envy hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done. So it wasn't something that you did, not some great thing that made you somehow worthy of this, this price that God paid, that He said, but according to His mercy He saved us 
by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So that is chock full of goodness. And and those are all... He's saying that all this stuff is stuff that you got because of the kindness and love of God. And so... Um, so he expects us to uh, treat people the way that we would want to be treated. He expects us to understand that what we sow, we reap. And so God has sown kindness and love in us. And so the expectation he has then is that kindness and love would grow up in us. Not just to him directly, but to those around us. Because uh, uh, the guy at, at Target, God loves him just like he loves you. That guy just doesn't know it, and you know it, and so it's it's a it's quite a different thing, you know. It's easy to 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 look down your nose at the at the things that go on, and and the sin is an odious thing. Don't don't misunderstand me, but but that person, God still loves that person, and He paid a terrible price for that person, and so uh, that kindness and love of God did that for him just like He did it for you, and so. What he what he wants is for them to be able to see in you that example of of what God God thinks of them, and so so he says, you know, you've come from the same place that that according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration, so it made you into a a, a new person. Uh, you know, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away; all things are become new. And isn't that a great deal? I mean, you ever you ever look through old pictures or whatever and you think about what your life was like when that picture was taken and you think, who is that guy in that picture? Could that be me? No, not anymore it's not. We watched this movie last night and this this uh, young man is stuck watching his really little brother uh, and it, while he's in the middle of this uh, bet with these other kids, he's kind of got this little thing going with this bully. And so he doesn't want his brother telling them anything untoward about his life that this bully could then use against him. So he's like, so, we just moved to this house, right? And the brother's like, yeah. He's like, so, you have a new house. You have a new school. You have a new brother. All the stuff that your, your brother did when we lived at the old house, that never happened. That wasn't me. And uh, so it's kind of like that. It's like, uh, you know, it's like you, you look back at your life and it's like, well, that was that guy. Like, but but what I see now is, is Christ growing up in me and, and making me into something entirely different. And man, there are some things that you can look back at your life and just breathe a sigh of relief. It's like waking up from a bad dream. It's like, oh, I'm so glad that I'm not that guy anymore. So what you shed on us, the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. I like that, abundantly. Not just a little bit, but a lot. Because God's a very generous God. He says that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So that's that's an awful lot of good stuff that He's given us there. And, and it's just stuff that He just gave you. 
you know, and, and gifts are a great thing. But then listen to what he says. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that you affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. For these things are good and profitable unto men. So, of course, in Ephesians he says that we're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which he has foreordained that we should walk in them. So that's that, that, there's those works then, these works that God has uh, intended for us to walk in. And, and he's made us for that very thing because uh, he wants the world to see him and to see who he is. Uh, in fact, earlier on in Ephesians 2, he said he talks about the world seeing him in his kindness to us, seeing what God is like, seeing the character of God in the 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 love and the kindness that he's shown his church. And so uh, he says that they which believe in God might be careful to maintain good works. So he's not talking about this is your entrance into heaven. It's never that. Because right before, maybe I should just read Ephesians 2, but he said that by grace are you saved through faith. Then that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, lest any man should boast. So that that door into heaven is, it's not because you're a good person and pay your taxes and, and joined Obamacare. It's because... <laughs> I mean, that would probably actually go against you. But um, I could think of... But it, it doesn't have anything to do with being a good person. That's a, you know, my, my parents are those like classic good people type. You know, they, they're just, you know, they stay at home. They keep out of trouble. They just kind of live life um, quietly. And, and I told them, Several times over the years, like you know, I mean, you guys are good people. That's great, but that has nothing to do with you going to heaven. The only way anybody is going into heaven is the blood of Jesus and nothing else. So, so it's important to keep that firmly in mind when you're talking about good works, because it's not about your salvation, but it's about uh, what God expects of you, having given you all this, this loving kindness and, and mercy and, and and he he saved you and this given you this washing of regeneration, this renewing of the Holy Ghost. So what he's saying is I've done all this stuff, don't just fritter it away on just piddly stuff and not living in a way that is uh um befitting of, of what I've given you. And not, that living a life that's not befitting of who you are in me. Because uh, when the when Israel was uh, taken over and carried off to Babylon, they they looked through these people and they found these people that that could stand before the king, and and they groomed them for that. And so, uh, so we're we're part of this this royal household then this this royal kingdom. And so, you know, when you think of royalty, you know, you think of this, you know, well, besides perhaps Prince Harry, you think of this dignity and, uh, uh, you know, that kind of thing, showing the world a good face and all that sort of thing. Um, and so that's, that's what God expects of us. He says that we should be careful to maintain good works because if you don't, then what is the world supposed to see? You know, if uh, you know, um, 
like, yeah, I, I go to church, but everywhere I go, my, my face is buried in my phone because I'm trying to find Pokemon at Walmart, then the world can't see Christ in that. And, uh, you know, I, when I was really young and foolish, I figured, you know, I'm at this place or whatever, and these people don't know that I'm a Christian, so I don't need to act like one because they don't know the difference. And because uh, they're never going to know, so I can I can be a butthead with them and be grumpy and and just generally be mean. They don't, you know, they don't know I'm a Christian. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. And God's thinking, no, I didn't know you were either. <laughs> so, you know, because that's the thing, isn't it? You know, when your when your children start. Uh, Doing what what you've taught them when you're not there to make them do it, supervise them, that is a great thing. You know, uh, uh, Jeremy had been dealing with some uh, uh, some thoughts that kept coming to him that were really troublesome, and you know, uh, I we talked to him about it, and you know, brought him, you know, you know, I mean, I've, I've talked about this a lot with people. That idea of it's like, well, this is not your thought. This is the enemy coming at you, and Fighting with you and stuff, and the and the way you fight that is with the Word of God. And uh, um, so at night, when he can't sleep, and he's and he's wrestling with this this thought that that God would mean something bad for him, or that, that God would let something bad happen to him, he gets up and he's got his little beanbag chair over by his nightlight, and he gets out his Bible and he starts reading. So it's like, yes, <laughs> like that's. That's exactly what I'm looking for, you know. And and you you know, uh, teaching your kids how to to live right, and and even just doing just everyday stuff like like who picked this room up? Who cleaned all this stuff up? It's like now don't you lie to me, you know. You know because when your kids just sort of when when they come in they look at their room and they think wow this place is a dump and they clean it up. It's like Yes, yes. You know, it's like now they look like my child. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, well, you wouldn't know it to look at my house, but I'm a neat freak. But you know, when you're moving, it's like because you know, when you move, it's not just like a week where you moved. It's like this year-long process where you pack up all your stuff and then you have to unpack your stuff. And I think enough of you have moved recently that you are still moving too. So I have people come over and look at my house, and there are still boxes. There are no pictures on the wall. Like, yeah, I do live here, honestly, and I do care. <laughs> but you know. So anyway, so being careful to maintain good works. Then it's an interesting thing, an interesting thought. Thinking well. You know, rather than thinking these people don't know I'm a Christian, so I can act however I want, like maybe I should act like a Christian so they can see God in me, and think, wow, that guy's different than everybody else. That girl's different than everybody else. What is what is their deal? But avoid foolish questions, genealogies, and contention, and strivings about the law, for they're unprofitable and vain. He's like, so you know, maintain those good works, do the stuff that the Word of God tells you to do. But don't don't argue about semantics and and the the nth degree thing of well you know like this is how you pronounce this guy's name in the genealogy and stuff like so what it's like well if his name was John it'd be a lot easier to say but 
you know, but foolish questions, you know, like could God make a rock he couldn't move and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, vain philosophy and sophistry. It's like all that stuff is just a waste of time. And so he said, just, you know, stay away from that stuff. You know, do the stuff the Word of God tells you to do. You know, because another thing about these foolish questions and contentions and all the stuff is it's it's all this intellectual wrangling of, over the Word of God. And it's such a waste of time because it's not an intellectual book. It's a spiritual book. And when you, because if you take it intellectually, then you come up with the same conclusion that the world has come up with, that it's bogus. Because it, it'll seem like it, like it contradicts itself because it's a spiritual book. And so it takes, it takes the Spirit of God to teach it to you. It takes the Spirit of God to, to read it. Because, I mean, there's things in there that you can read just with your mind and get it. It's like, wow, I need Jesus. He died for me. Rose again. And I can accept his blood. And that's, I mean, that's really what you need to get to get where you're going. Uh, the thing is, is you have an adversary that's going to fight you that whole time, you know, because it's like, uh, you know, God's taught me a lot of stuff being here all these years. Um, but, you know, he sent me to the old folks home and it's like all you deal with there is just basic salvation and really nothing else. And And so... There's that beginning place, so I don't need to teach them all the stuff that I know because they don't need that. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? So, uh, um, but, you know, to take the uh, the Word of God intellectually and, and just wrangle around with it and argue is a pretty unprofitable thing. You know, I, I uh, uh, one time at the old folks' home, I was singing uh, um, uh, in the cross and uh, you know, of course, we all, around here we all sing it until my sanctified soul find rest beyond the river. Of course, the original lyrics are my raptured soul. Great word. Uh, I think when they wrote that song, you know, rapture didn't really mean what it means now. Because now, but the, you know, when I said that, all of you were thinking, you know, you all think of that doctrine. And, and so this lady is uh, like, so why did you sing that that way? Because the word is actually my raptured soul. I was like, oh, I know. I know it is. Um, and I know what that word means. But um, when you say that word, people think of this false doctrine where God doesn't want you to go anything, isn't going to ever let you go through anything hard. He's just going to swoop you up, take you off the earth, and then and then just beat the crap out of everybody else's left. And... Uh, um, and and so I just kind of stay away from that, and uh, uh, and she's like, "Well, that's what's going to happen," kind of under her breath. <laughs> so, but I rec- I realize I'm on a microphone, and sh- and there's all these other people listening that are there, and I was like, "You know, this is very unprofitable for everybody else to get into this argument with her about this stuff." And so, uh, it's like, "Well, let's stick with the basic thing of God loves you, and He's going to get you through because." I mean, you guys are all about to be raptured out of here anyway. You're at the old folks' home. So, you know, any day now. Um, but, now, you know, it's, it's funny because I only go there once a month, and so I get used to seeing these, these people there, and then all of a sudden they just, they're not there anymore. It's like, aw. But, you know, there, there was this lady, she was great. Uh, she was 101. 
And I mean, just about death as a post, but I mean, she got around without a cane or a walker or anything. I mean, she just trucked around, and and uh, so I tried to talk loud. She was always not long. She'd been married to a minister for like I don't know, fifty some years or something like that. I was really bummed when she quit coming, but I was really happy for her. So, so I thought, wow, she must have wanted. When she told me she was 101, I was like, well, you must have wanted your parents then. So, nice long life. So, verse 10, a man that is a heretic after the first and second admonition reject, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth, being condemned of himself. So, heretic then. This is actually the only place in the New Testament this word appears. And, and it's basically just a transliteration of the Greek word. But it comes from this root word that means to choose. And uh, not necessarily choose in a good or bad way. But the way that he's talking about here is the sense of choosing uh, what you want to believe. Choo- picking and choosing what it is that you want to believe about God. Uh, the, uh, the Young's literal translate this, translates this a sectarian man. And uh, uh, the Darby uh, says a divisive man. So somebody who, or a schismatic man I think it says, but somebody who they just kind of take the Word of God for this and that. And it's like, well, I I like that. I take that. They cherry pick through the thing. You know, have you ever, you know, you go to the family dinner and there's there's stew and you, you always have that guy that like meat fishes through there and picks out all the meat and leaves the vegetables for everybody else. And uh, I've never done that. Um, no, but but that sense of well, I like this, so I'll, I'll take that. But I reserve the right to not accept this, or I don't believe that because I don't like it, because it, it conflicts with my thing that I like. So you can talk about your, you know, don't waste all your time with stupid stuff, entertainment garbage all the time. But I don't take that because that's my thing. It's like don't don't mess with me about my stuff. And but he's and so he's so he talks about admonishing them. And uh, and admonish is a good word because it's it's like a you know it's like a serious like hey let's seriously let's not do this yeah. but it's not like uh, it's not quite the same it's, it's like a warning but it's like an encouragement kind of warning yeah. right. you know I'm I'm learning to do that at work because I, I'm not not good at teaching people how to do what I do and uh, and so sometimes I just uh, I don't so much admonish or teach as I do just gripe, so I'm working on that. But uh, no, but he says, "Man that is a heretic, after the first and second admonition, reject." I mean, who reject is a scary word. You know, uh, nobody likes rejection for one thing. Uh, you know, and and this word here is has the sense of avoiding that person, like. You know, if if because if you know, and you find that in other places in the New Testament where he talks about, you know, if you've got somebody that's that is part of the church but they're walking disorderly and they're not listening to the things that you're that 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 God is talking about and they're not following through on the things that God is talking about, then don't have fellowship with them. That they might be ashamed because when when everybody, all these lovely people that that are filled with the love of God and they uh, they just Kind of, you know, like, 
hey, how you doing? And then just keep on going. You know, it kind of leaves you with this feeling of, what is the matter with me then? It's like, it's like wow, I'm like a leper. Nobody's talking to me anymore. And, uh, and I'm not saying to be hateful to someone by any stretch, but he's talking about the sense of, you know, you're either for me or you're against me. You're on my team or you're not. And, and you can't be on God's team and not follow His rules. You can't, you can't be on His team and not follow His directions. And uh, so, so he says, a man that's a heretic after the first and second admonition reject, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sins, being condemned of himself. So it's the sense of they're they're doing this to themselves. Then, if if they won't hear the word of God and do it, um, uh, because it, it it takes surrender, like we talked about the other night. You know, uh, you know, I think there's. Uh, you know, here I was just talking about semantics, but I think there's kind of a difference between surrender and submission. Because yeah. to me, submission is kind of a voluntary type of thing, where it's like, well, I would just put this down, and I would, or I would just, okay, I would do that because you asked me to do that. Surrender to me seems to carry more of a, I really am kind of out of options now, you know, because uh, a, a, an army doesn't surrender. Until they are out of options, unless they're French. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> no. Just, if you're French, I'm just teasing. Sorry, Chris. The Italians gave it a good go in World War II. You know, I. Hey, all right. No. Um, but you know, to surrender, then you know, God knows how to get you in this kind of box canyon place where all your options seem to just be gone. And and isn't that the mercy of God? Because then that basically leaves you with your only options then would be to surrender to what God wants you to do or be a heretic. It's like you 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 kind of, he gets you down to this place of one or the other and he doesn't do that on day one. No. You know, he he kind of herds you that direction, you know, as as the way gets narrower, then your your choices become more and more limited. And uh, I don't know, God is just so wise that the way He gets you into this place where He can get you to make the decision that's best for you, the decision that He would like to make for you if He could, but He's not going to because He, he wants it to be your choice. You know, and, and every parent would, would make those choices for their kids that would be the best choice because... Um, when you have kids, you know, when you're a kid, it seems like your parents are like, oh, well, they just don't get it. You know, they don't understand or or all this stuff. And I mean, I was the same way. You know, and I got older and it's like you look back and you can see, you understand the life experience that they have. You know, your, your mom might have had you when she was 14, but by the time you're 14, she still has enough life experience that she's got a lot more than you. And in fact, she's probably been through the school of hard knocks enough to understand that I'm trying to save you from a lot of grief here. So, uh, you know, the thing is, is uh, God has this surpassing wisdom of this would be the best choice. And that's what he presents to you. But then you have to choose it. And so, and if you don't choose it right away, then says, okay, not, not, not the best choice. And then he brings you around to that place again. It's like, okay, now, so here would be your choices. 
And and so, you know, the thing about multiple choice is you've, you've got a pretty good shot of getting it right. You know, you could just take a wild stab at it. Uh, but, you know, God knows how to get you into this place where the choice is crystal clear. It's like, so are you going to follow me and do what I've told you to do? Are you going to surrender to me? Are you going to submit to me? And And really live the way I'm telling you to live so that I get my my purchase worth out of your life so that the world can see me in you and uh or are are you going to be a heretic like are you just going to choose eh, I I don't do that cuz that's not my thing you know uh somebody was telling me recently uh, back in the late 90s they were uh they were at Ron Rachel's house and uh, I suppose it would have just been Ron's house at that time, but he said uh, he was getting he was packing to go to Africa and uh, to to Ghana. And his brother asked him, "So, so are you excited about going to Africa?" He says, "No, no, not at all. I really don't want to go, but uh, I have no choice in the matter because God told me to go." And so, you know, and he didn't get that to he didn't come to that place on you know. Right, right out of the box. I mean, God took him through years of of training and teaching and stuff. Uh, I was listening to a sermon this week where he talked about his infamous toboggan wreck and how you know God had been talking to him and talking to him and talking to him, and and uh, and he thought, well, God's a merciful God, this will be okay, and and it was, but but he had a you know he he was corrected in a way he knew he'd been corrected. And, and he understood that to be the mercy of God and never, ever, ever, ever went that way again. And so, so God's very wise in the things that he does. But, he, but so when it came time to go to Africa, when he really didn't want to, he understood that, well, I really don't have a choice in the matter. So he submitted then to that place before God had to you know, put his arm behind his back and say, now, are you going to go to Africa or not? You know, because he, uh, you know, God's very... He's very wise, you know, and, and if you just straight up telling him, I'm not doing this, then he'll probably just leave you alone about it. But uh, but then you put yourself into this place of being a heretic because you've chosen something other than, than what he would have you to choose. So, so they that believe in God might be careful to maintain good works for these things are good and profitable unto men. So, you know, the way of the transgressor is hard. And and it seems like when you start going God's direction, life doesn't get easier necessarily. But um, you know the alternative is certainly much more difficult and far less profitable to you. So uh, the things that God is saying is, I just I I want you to be a part of what I'm doing. But in order to have you be part of what I'm doing, I need you to cooperate with me and, and obey the things that I'm telling you to do. And so, you know, you, you you want God to see, uh, or you want the people around you to see God in you. So Jesus, we thank you for your word to us, for your your faithfulness, uh, God, how you have uh, warned us and and admonished us and taught us these things, Lord God. And what I pray for every heart in this place, God, that we the the knees of our heart would be like jelly when you talk, God, that we would just bow at your slightest suggestion that we do something or that we not do something. God, that we would be in that uh, 
that company of people who would be obedient to you, God, as a, a reflex of your thinking. God, we the every person in this place, God, I believe has that desire at the very bottom of their heart, God. And I pray that the 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 wind and the fire of your Holy Ghost would um, would get rid of everything else that covers it up, God. That um, that we would have the sense of sheer obedience and and love to you, God. It's not like it's a grit your teeth and this is all horrible type of stuff, God. When you you bless that kind of obedience, Lord, you bless that kind of stuff, God. And when we draw near to you, Lord God, the 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 love and the sense of well-being that we get from you, God, makes these things easier and easier to do. God, and when we come to you and ask you to help us with these things, God, you always do. And so, God, I just pray that you would uh, do that in every heart in this place, God. You know how to get us from the beginning to the end. God, let no one in this place uh, become a heretic, God, because they would choose um, uh, something other than what you have for their life. God, we pray it in your name, God, in this place today, God. We want you to do real business with us. We want to do real business with you. Yeah, we want our lives to be perfectly in line with what you have uh, for us, God, with what your word has said to us. And we ask it and we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. All right.